Everybody, this is Eric Mann, the host of Voices from the Frontlines, your national movement building show. I'm in studio with Channing Martinez, our producer and my co-host. A uh, very heavy subject today, I guess. Voices from the Frontlines is a pretty heavy show. We, the world is heavy, so we are called your national movement building show. What that means, we're building movements to challenge. Uh, not a set of isolated incidents in our opinion, but a world shaped by U.S. and European imperialism it has been since 1492. And all the people since 1492 have been in opposition to that imperialist genocidal plan for world conquest. We've had some great years. We've had some great decades. But I believe we're in the middle of a deep, dark counter-revolution and it goes not just from Donald Trump, but in my opinion, from Bill and Hillary Clinton to Barack Obama to Donald Trump to Jair Bolsonaro in, um, in Brazil. And luckily, we have some great freedom fighters with us today from Amazon Watch. So we'll be talking to Atosa Sultani. Atosa, are you on the phone? And Christian Poirier. Christian, are you with us? Yes, hello. Hi, Christian. Anatose, are you with Hi. us too yet? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Eric. Okay, great. So let me just set a little of the background to this story, because I am learning, uh, I feel like I'm on a very fast learning curve, and I mainly just want to be able to ask enough intelligent questions to... Uh, you know, to help figure out what's going on. So the first thing is a couple of, about a week ago, I was on, uh, in my car listening to the radio and listening to Leila Salazar Lopez on the American Indian Airwaves. And I was deeply moved by the work of Amazon Watch and the crisis taking place in the Amazon with the indigenous people. I was so ignorant that I honestly thought that these were sort of spontaneous forest fires at first that a reactionary government did not want to put out. I knew that. But I didn't realize that they were consciously set by right-wing and corporate forces inside of Brazil. 
So very happy to have you both on the air. And um, let me sort of start in the immediate, which is we're going to talk about three different things, if that's okay for this hour. The first, which is most important, is this Thursday at 11 o'clock, we're going to start with the action item that we're going to continue throughout the show, which is this Thursday at 11 in front of the Brazilian embassy. There is a national day of action, not just in Los Angeles, protesting Brazil's policies in the Amazon and the attacks on the indigenous people. So perhaps, Christian and Atosa, you could start by telling us about that event, where it is, what are the objectives, what are the demands, and then we'll go backwards in some history, and we'll also go forwards into the indigenous resistance. Is that okay? Sure. Absolutely. All right, so let's start in, with, uh, with the action that we're going to ask all our listeners to participate in. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having us on. Um, oh, Atosa, did you want to handle this question? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Christian. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, so, as you mentioned, um, this Thursday at 11 a.m. Um, at the Brazilian Consulate, right. at 8484 Wilshire, Wilshire Boulevard, Beverly Hills, there's going to be uh, an action, a um, peaceful action uh, assembly in front of the consulate. And it's part of a larger global call to action to protect the Amazon. This is being organized around the world, um, and especially in Brazil. Uh, we already have confirmation of 35 actions uh, across the planet. Uh, and you can actually learn more about it at a, um, at a website I can, we can provide a bit later. Uh, but please come out to this action because it's so important right now that the international community provides the sort of solidarity and a unified response to this fascist re regime that is allowing runaway forest fires and rights abuses to flourish in Brazil today. Uh, the movement in Brazil has called for solidarity. And when I say the movement, I'm, spe I'm speaking specifically about Brazil's national indigenous movement which is one of the most vibrant social movements pushing back, really offering the kind of resistance we need to see on the ground in Brazil. But they can't do this without international support. They can't do it because Bolsonaro has, and his regime have cut off ties of all sorts of dialogue, any sort of dialogue, not just with the, the uh, national indigenous movement, but also with any other uh, movement for social and environmental justice in Brazil today. Well, let me let me get to something important. I want to get right away to something. What is the demand that you're asking for, and why? Do, we'll get to that first. Let's get to the demand. Then I have another question. What are you well, asking the Brazilian government to do? What we're asking the Brazilian government to do is consistent with what the movement in Brazil is asking, which is that they immediately restore the rights that are being stripped, the human rights of indigenous peoples, other forest peoples, and other communities that are under attack in Brazil. Restore those rights, cease attacking relentlessly these rights, these rights uh, either through presidential decree or, or uh, backwards legislation, and also to protect the Amazon rainforest, to do what is required in the Brazilian constitution to protect this vital resource that's so important for all Brazilians, um, but also for the planet. So that means really allowing 
uh, Brazil's environmental agency, IBAMA, to do its job to uphold environmental law in Brazil, to stop environmental crime, because what we're seeing today, this, this arson is environmental crime, and it's right. the kind of crime that's been flourishing in Brazil um, under Bolsonaro. And, and to uphold a variety of other norms that are in place, either legislation or constitutionally, in Brazil. So this is what um, Brazil's indigenous movement is calling for, is, is for the protect, protection of their rights of their territories, which are being wantonly attacked and, and invaded in unprecedented ways since Bolsonaro took, took power, to allow them to have self-determination over their lands, as is consistent with Brazil's constitution, and also to be consulted about any sort of projects or any sort of agenda that, that could affect them. All of this is flying in the face, of course, of what Bolsonaro is doing. So what they've called for the international community to do is to answer this call and to make, make it resonate around the planet, make it clear that the international community stands with them and that they're demanding the same thing, but always in solidarity and always consistent with what the calls for um, are coming from, from Brazil. All right, so let's hold there. Uh, Atosa, before I get to you, I actually got... Uh a very good letter from Layla. I want to read it because it's got such a good tone. Uh, it says, since the news of the fire broke out on August 21st, Amazon Watch has been working around the clock, responding to the fires by amplifying this emergency and continued threats to the Amazon, indigenous people's rights and the climate at an international level. In solidarity with international partners in Brazil and Bolivia, we're expanding our international advocacy work and redirecting funds, I want you to get to this, to provide direct support for indigenous peoples defending their rights and rainforest territories, including the articulation of indigenous peoples of Brazil, APIB, via our Amazon Protectors Fund, which we're going to get to, and Fundo Casa, to support indigenous communities directly affected by the fires, and to CEJIS in the Chicatano Forest in Bolivia, over 900,000 hectares have been burned. So, uh, uh, Atosa, let me ask you this. Um, if our listeners want to contribute money, because this Voices from the Frontlines focuses so much on trying to build a movement, listeners, of people that want to show up on Thursday at 11 and give money to start with, uh, I'm not advocating you giving money. I'm offering the opportunity to do so. Explain those funds and how does it work and what is the specific ask? I think it's good that, as I understand, Amazon Watch is being careful to make sure that the funds go directly to indigenous groups. We know there's always competition, so it seems like there's some agreement on some funding mechanisms. Could you take a little bit of time to explain that to our listeners? Well, you know, Amazon Watch has, um, since 1996, uh, when we were started, has always put a priority on supporting um, indigenous partners on the front lines of the work that we do. So we've been, we have a history of working in partnership with local indigenous federations and, um, and the social movements that support that are in alliance with indigenous movements and indigenous nations directly. So um, this it's important to say that we are we are a key eyes and ears to the ground so we have a really good um you know network of knowing what needs support right. and also we have the trust relationship with our partner organizations to be able to um and help them administer and receive these funds and do good things with them 
Now, it's going to be a process, and there's some immediate actions we are taking um, to support our partners, and then there's some medium term, I would say. Uh, again, depends how this crisis, how long it's, it's going on for. Right. It's important for listeners to know that the fires that are burning today are, um, you know, at least in, in Brazil, are from forests that were cut a few months ago. So the deforestation rate is the, key, the, the rising deforestation rate and the kind of the attack on the forest, the deforestation of tropical forests in Brazil um, is in a record high, and that the solutions that we need to employ in defending and protecting indigenous territories, indigenous rights, and the Amazon rainforest our medium and long-term solutions are directly have to do with Bolsonaro's agenda and, and stopping Bolsonaro. And so, you know, we are in the process of getting emergency grants out the door now. I think that staff have been working tirelessly to do that, and that there's also some work to do to come together as a movement and have discussions about the longer, you know, the medium term, I would say, uh, how we're going to stop, um, you know, the Brazilian you know, president from continuing to... Uh, dismantle indigenous people's rights, environmental protection, environmental protection agency of Brazil, the enforcement agencies, the fire prevention programs, the programs that are supporting alternative livelihoods to to cattle ranching and, and destructive activity. All those programs are either suspended or cut right. or being dismantled. And so what, what I want to <clears throat> say is that there needs to be a concerted effort. Some of that is happening now. There are grants going out the door and there needs to be a tremendous amount of coming together to figure out our strategy. Now, in Bolivia, it's different also. In Bolivia, we've received uh, a number of calls and requests for help with firefighting because in Bolivia, what right. people don't realize is that the fire that's raging in Bolivia is a wildfire. It was set by people. It was set by right. arson and continues to be fueled by criminal elements in Bolivia that are trying to destroy the forest to make room for cattle ranching and pastures and farming. Um, but that it is because the Chiquitano forest is the largest, most was the most well-conserved uh, dry tropical forest in the planet, and one of the most you know critical ecosystems of its type. Um, and I personally have spent a lot of time there. I spent a lot of time in the late 90s, early 2000s, working there to protect the forest and support indigenous rights. This forest is now burned. I've, uh, Layla said 900,000. This morning I saw an uh, article that said they think it's now closer to 2 million hectares, uh, which is, you know, almost 5 million acres. Wow. It is massive. So, All right, let me ask you, know, you this just for a second. So is it correct to say that I saw it, it's in bold letters, Amazon Protectors Fund. Is it correct that if you give to that, it will be essentially distributed in ways that all the groups have agreed to, right? Because it's sent in bold. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, Amazon Protectors Fund is a fund that we've set up because we've actually been regranting to partners across the Amazon right. uh, for 20 years. 20 years that Amazon Watch has been around, we've been providing funds. To our partners on the ground. So Amazon Protectors Fund is the formalization of a long-standing regranting program, which we intend, which we're in the process of uh, really bringing up to a much larger level, given all the support that we have received since these fires have taken such international attention or, or gained such international attention. So 
as the statement you read from Leila earlier um, mentioned, we're working with local partners, um, for example, in Brazil with the Munduruku people, the Kaapo people, people who are resisting these attacks on their lands, uh, on doing so often without any federal support, without any government support to, in, in defending their territories, and they need our support. Um, working with APIB, the Articulation of Brazil Indigenous Peoples, which, right. is, which convenes Brazil's uh, national indigenous movement, um, and also to, to provide funds to organizations like the Fundo Casa, which uh, grants to even a larger base, a larger number of base organizations, which the same community organizations, individuals who are facing threats. Um, so what we're trying to do uh, is, is create a mechanism um, that has already been successful, very successful in the past, broaden this mechanism to be able to answer the call of a broader set of, of partners, not just in Brazil, but as Atosa mentioned in Bolivia. We also work in Ecuador and Peru and Colombia. Uh, these partners have always turned to us for small grants, and we need to answer them in a much more consistent and much more robust way in, in this um, context. So to your question, if people give to Amazon Watch the money and, and specify they would like to give to the Amazon Protectors Fund, the money will, will go directly into that fund. We are going to be capitalizing this fund, in fact, already have, and announcing an ambitious target uh, for giving this week. So please stay tuned to Amazon Watch's website um, because we will be um, publicly announcing a very robust new give, um, fund for our, our colleagues, for our partners on the ground. All right, so slow down a minute again. So the email, I mean, I'm sorry, the website for Amazon Watch is amazonwatch.org. That's right. All right. So if you go on AmazonWatch.org, uh, is there a, a link to Amazon Protectors Fund? There's not a direct link to the Amazon Protectors Fund, but there is information going up about how we disperse money to our Amazon Protectors Fund and to our partners on the ground. More, for a more specific or direct link to that work, you can go to AmazonWatch.org backslash Amazon Fires. Okay. We're in the process of updating this website around the clock with new information that comes in about what's happening on the ground and how we can respond. When I say we, we as an organization and we as a community internationally. So a donation to Amazon Watch, as I mentioned, that can be you can write a note in that donation saying, I would like this to go directly to the Amazon Protectors Fund, and we'll see that it does. If it goes directly to Amazon Watch, we will see that a portion of it goes to the Protectors Fund because we are... Um, upping the amount of resources we're directing to the, the communities as we speak. Sounds good. Channing? So, and just, uh, just to follow up on that, all of the links that are going to be discussed in this show, you can go to voicesfromthefrontlines.com and it will be the first show, first, uh, first show, sorry, uh, the first page that you will see um, everything from this show, including the live stream and all the links and pictures, et cetera, et cetera. And it's already up now? It is up at this moment. All right, great. And so thanks to you and James Burke, who just came for, for doing some of this work. Um, all right, you get you, the reason I'm saying this, Christian, is as organizers, we, not that you're not, you are, right? I just want, we really want people to do as much as possible. And the Strategy Center is going to put something out continually about trying to get help. So we got the first thing. You're going to go on AmazonWatch.org, and you're going to see, you're going to either see a link 
or you're going to just make it clear what you want to do with the grant. You're going to go on voicesfromthefrontlines.com, and all this information is up there. Now, let's go back. Is that okay? Christian, you good? Absolutely. All right, hold on. So wait. Then Atosa, is, is Atosa back? Yes. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. All right. My that, battery died. That's okay. Now, let's go back to the Global Day of Action for the Amazon on September 5th. So I looked at the address for the consulate. It's virtually right at La Cienega and Wilshire, right? Mm-hmm, that's correct. Um, you want people there at 11? Should they get there a little early if possible? That would be great. All right. Now, we so far at the Strategy Center, because when you call in today, you have to only, if we go to the phones, 818-985-5735, the only thing you're able to talk about is how you plan to help. Do you plan to contribute, which is your option? Do you plan to come to the the action? We want to focus right now on taking action, if that's okay. Now, so we're going to have people at the consulate from 11 to 1. Do you think uh, Bolsonaro cares? Do you think that the Brazilian government feels vulnerable if this demonstration is large? I think the Brazilian reputation globally is of importance to Brazilian public and Brazilian lawmakers, even if Bolsonaro is taking this emboldened attitude of, uh, you know, being the Donald Trump of Brazil and doing all he can to... Um, you know, basically polarize and um, push for the destruction of the Amazon and, and wage what I see is a war on the Amazon and the people of the Amazon. Um, he may not care about the protests, but the people, the people who are uh, government workers, the people who are in the Brazilian media, in the Brazilian civil society, in other institutions of Brazilian government do care. And I should say that one of the um, key backlash uh, because of Bolsonaro's actions is that the, there's a lot of discussions about halting free trade agreements with the Brazilian with Brazil, which would affect the agribusiness sector, uh, the production of beef and soy and other agricultural products. And those free trade agreements are right now pending in the UK, in the, sorry, in the in the European Union, in the US, and in Canada. And so the fact that we are um, as a global movement, putting pressure on those governments to suspend the free trade agreements with Brazil right, and right. to, you know, um, target their agricultural commodities is also getting the attention of us. You know, that that financial pressure is having an impact. And in fact, um, as soon as that financial pressure was announced in during the G7 meeting is when uh, Bolsonaro agreed to send the military to fight the fires. Before that, he huh. was basically just being um, ridiculing everyone for being worried about the fires. That's great. Now, I want to go to something that's important here. You say that uh, there's also a very good video on your site that I want people to look at. Let's talk about the dirty dozen companies driving deforestation. Uh, that we at the Strategy Center, are not, so far we made a commitment to send at least five people by name who will be there, uh, including myself, on Thursday at you know between 11 and 1. We're going to try to get a lot more than that, but so far we have five people definitely committed. Um, let's talk about the companies, including Costco. Tell us about Costco because 
Mm-hmm. It would seem to me that Costco is very vulnerable because it does have a good reputation of, you know, treating workers well, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and there are, there's also, isn't it BlackRock Investments is also involved in this? Why don't you give the names of some of the large corporations that are directly benefiting essentially from the burning of the fires in the interest of agribusiness? Um, is Christian still on, or should I jump in? Christian? I think he just uh, he jumped off, yeah. So go ahead, Tosa. Okay. So I'll just jump in. So, yeah, so important to note that when you look at who is financing the agribusiness right. sector of Brazil, um, there are a number of companies that we have point-pointed, BlackRock being the biggest, um, and also J.P. Morgan Chase, um, Santander Bank, PNB, and H. SBC. These are all banks right. that are bankrolling companies that are in the agribusiness sector and the expansion of the agribusiness industry. In fact, there's a huge amount of beef and soy going, um, you know, being produced in Brazil and shipped. Uh, and that expansion is being financed by these financial um, players. And then there are a bunch of middle people, people who are trafficking the products from the soy and the beef, and those are Cargill for soy and a company called JBS for beef and Mafric for beef. Now, those are the middle guys. Those are the guys who are buying all the beef from the ranchers and then selling it to the big retailers. And those, the retailers are where you are, average consumer is getting the beef. And that's, you know, a number of them are in Europe. Many of them are in Europe. And Europe is a much bigger market than the U.S., but the U.S. is significant, too. They're 2% of Brazilian beef, which is a significant amount of the market, comes to the U.S. And that's sold at uh, Costco and Stop and Shop and um, Lederic, uh, Leclerc and Walmart. And those are those are basically where consumers could be going to those um, places and demanding the, uh, or, you know, writing letters and signing petitions to demand that those companies stop selling deforestation, um, you know, products, commodities. And these are, um, so indigenous peoples of Brazil have called for, a, you know, boycott or a boycott of, of these yeah, commodities true. that are coming from the Amazon. Same thing in, in Bolivia. In fact, it was just eerie to read that President Evo Morales had just, you know, um, inaugurated, um, you know, many tons of Bolivian beef from the rainforest on a cargo container near, not far from the fires are, and off to China. And so, like, here is the president inaugurating a huge expansion of beef going to China, uh, on the same day, he's then like going over to the other side to fight fires, which part of the problem is not just Bolivia. I want to make sure that's that people right. understand it's also Bolivia. I mean, it's not just Brazil, it's Bolivia as well. In July, Morales passed a legislation, a decree, a presidential decree that allowed for fires in this area, the dry tropical forest. And that's what's gone out of hand. And unfortunately, the big casualty right now is Bolivia. That's hardly at all talked about, and it's um, a huge casualty. Uh, you know, something like, um, yeah, it, it's massive. Something like uh, a number of protected areas, including the, the Grand Chaco. Sixteen percent of the Grand Chaco National Park is already burned. And, the voice you're hearing yeah. is a Tosa Sotani, 
and she is with uh, Amazon Watch, long history. She's working on several other projects as well. Uh, I'm going to go to a couple of questions that I'm really trying to figure out. I mean, when Lula first came to, into power and the PT in Brazil, obviously, with all the limits of anybody trying to take over a country like that, there was a lot of hope. Uh, I don't know Dilma Rousseff and you know the role she played after uh, Lula. We do know that she was impeached, and we do know that he's been imprisoned. So just a question. Um, were they in any way more sympathetic and supportive of indigenous rights without any, uh, of course, with their own contradictions? Did the indigenous movement see them as allies? You know, um, Lula, perhaps for some of his tenure, but once Dilma came into power, uh, we have not seen actually demarcation of indigenous territories for over a dozen years. So indigenous demarcation of indigenous lands, recognition and protection of indigenous territories has been halted since, you know, the end of the Lula presidency. So, yeah, Dilma was, um, you know, fight, you know, somewhat better than Bolsonaro with his right, of course. open war on the Amazon. But she also was, uh, you know, and, and at the time, Brazilian government had taken some incredible steps to curtail deforestation and the number of fires and to beef up the program on on reducing um, deforestation and fighting fires and alternatives for farmers and all of that. So those programs were, and, and those were the legacy of Marina Silva, the um, cohort of Chico Mendes, who became the Minister of Environment under Lula. But then she resigned under at the end of Lula's term because both Lula and Dilma really wanted to build these large hydroelectric dams Hmm. flood indigenous territories and run roughshod over all the environmental protections, um, which was part of the whole corruption scandal that ended up um, costing the Labor Party a lot of its reputation and, and, and power. And so, you know, I would say that, you know, here's here, both the left and the right, both the populist and the alt-right, um, have certain things that are have they they have in common. One of them is that they see the Amazon as just a place for resources to sack, right. and they see indigenous peoples as obstacles, and they see growth as the dominant, you know, force of what the economy needs to do. Just grow, 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 which is you know ultimately um, the mindset that is um, devouring and dismembering the living systems of our planet. And so both both presidents, both parties, and both both of those um, leaders have um, shared that in common. The well, go ahead, Amazon was only being protected by previous administrations because the international community put up a lot of money and funded a lot of programs, and you know, and there were of course champions in every. Environmental and you know protection agency in Brazil. There are many champions within the government. Many incredible scientists and champions who um, were doing a, a fantastic job of you know uh, putting attention on the global importance of the Amazon, tracking real time satellite tracking of what's happening up to the minute, providing real good data that that drove policy. And through international cooperation, Brazil actually beefed up its environmental protection forces, which were they're totally dismantled since Bolsonaro came into power. So, yeah, he's definitely 
enemy number one. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I would I would say that um, both the left and the right have been um, problematic for the Amazon rainforest. Well, the reason I say that and the, the tragedy of that, of course, is that if kind of, I mean, I want to be careful because I don't know the politics that well, but if Lula came more out of a, you know, a laborist, social democratic theory, you know, of advancing capitalist growth, but a better deal for the so-called workers, then in some way, I want to be careful, but is it right to say that both Lula and Rousseff in some way paved the way for Bolsonaro, I don't mean politically, but by essentially undermining uh, by not having an alternative development strategy, and and I'm because obviously he's a fascist. He's put Lula in in prison. I mean, nobody in the United States would be serving 12 years for corruption if they were a, a president. And I, I'm assuming that the uh, I'm asking if the uh, impeachment of Rousseff was still driven by a, a right wing plan for fascism. Is that correct? I mean, the thing is that... And I'm asking, I'm truly asking. I I mean, I have a lot of work to do. It's a complex issue. I mean, I am also, you know, I'm always learning as well. The internal politics are very complicated. But the the trend that, okay, there's two, I would say there's two, there's been two um, mega trends that has hurt the Labor Party and hurt the workers and hurt the Amazon. One has been the rampant corruption. Right. uh, That is basically... You know, it's it's there on the right and the left. And in this case, the the Bolsonaro's party won. He, he and the ruralistas took power principally on a platform of pointing out all the corruption that the Labour Party had committed. Right. And the corruption is on both sides. It's not just the Labour well, Party, but it was horrendous. The the corruption and the kickbacks that um, were in the billions of dollars that came from um, construction companies in Brazil that paid off all kinds of ministers and governors and political officials or party officials to get infrastructure jobs in the and then use pension workers pension funds to invest in huge projects that then gave kickbacks and contracts to the same construction companies even though these projects were um, you know financially financially are not viable and most likely right. going to cost the workers, their pensions, right. and then the pensions did collapse, and they did lose their pensions. Wow! In part due to corruption, and in part, like teachers lost their pensions, and people were very angry, and that's why Bolsonaro got elected, along with the fact that there was a lot of fake news and um, WhatsApp manipulation, and and the same kind of um, manipulation in the Brazilian elections that we saw in the Trump elections. Right. Um, we you know, the elections in the U.S. that elected Trump. You know, it it definitely um, created confusion and played on um, the public outrage over the corruption. So that's one. And the second is that whether they're the left or the right, they've been driven by policies that are neoliberal economics. That's right. Which had to do with privatize all the state-owned companies, privatize all of the, um, you know, state assets, and put them in private set hands, which is a total fire sale of giving away what belongs to the public, and it's in public trust to private corporations. And secondly, seek growth, and this idea of development, which is really about quickly convert natural capital, as fast as you can, the rainforest, to money. Um, So those 
those things left and right share. And unfortunately, the progressives, the progressive voice, especially the, you know, folks who are calling for um, more ecologically framed, um, you know, development, or even not, not even calling it development, coexistence, right. exactly, uh, and an ecological transition to an ecological civilization. Those people, the voices of those people are not being heard, and that's, I think. Um, where we have a challenge. We have a challenge to show um, that, you know, um, whatever you care about, your future generation, or if it's fairness, or if it's transparency and lack of corruption, or climate, or biodiversity, or indigenous rights, whatever you care about, um, the system that is both the left and the right right now is still based on some of the same drivers that's destroying all of that, which is which is this growth-based mentality, the neoliberal economics, the um, you know, and and the rampant corruption that it breeds, and the resource-extractive uh, economies that are based on massive-scale industrial resource extraction. Um, that's so great, Altasa. I want to hold you there because I think that's terrific. Okay. I also want to say that we're gonna for our listeners, you're on Voices from the Frontlines on KPFK.org. A um, couple of things we're going to um, – this is terrific political economy, and we're going to do a transcription of this so you'll both be able to listen. Uh, for those of you who are here, we put it out as a podcast on SoundCloud. It's going to be up on KPFK itself. It's going to be on Voices from the Frontlines in a day or two that you can download. So this is a terrific short course in the political economy of neoliberalism and the intersection of, as you were saying, an extractive economy, a growth-driven economy, and sadly, uh, a corruption so deep that uh, the workers turn away from even social democratic uh, catastrophes. Now, in terms of the people we want, so that was a very good history lesson, real short. In the still time we have, let's make the indigenous groups come to life more, just as we have with uh, you know, Dilma Rousseff and with Lula. Tell us about the indigenous groups, what they're doing, how they're organizing, what are their plans, what's it like? You know, it's such, sometimes for me, the Amazon and the indigenous people are uh, sort of two-dimensional because I'm not there and I understand it much better in the United States and black and Latino communities. Tell us about the organizing work, tell us about the people fighting the fires, uh, what can we learn? And we're going to get back to how people can help, which is come out this Thursday, which is only the day after tomorrow at 11 o'clock as at 8484 Wilshire Boulevard, very close to La Cienega, uh, sponsored by Amazon Watch. I'm getting it. I'll be there. We have six or seven people now that are going to be there. Um, tell us more about the indigenous yeah. movement, if you could. So the indigenous peoples um, are organized, many of them, um, by nation. So there's over 400 indigenous um, languages and, and nations in the Brazilian, uh, sorry, in, in the Amazon Basin. And a little bit about the Amazon Basin being huge, the size of the continental United States, covers nine countries. Uh, Brazil has 60% of the Amazon and then also the transition zones on the edges of the Amazon are critical, like the Chiquitano and like forests that are in you know, Venezuela and the Guyana Shield. 
So there, the, the Amazon Basin with 400 indigenous cultures, they're organized in myriad ways. One is that they're organized by nation. So they have those that have territory, have governance structures that govern their territories. They are governors of their territories. Right. So they're not just communities. And then they come together in these um, federations. And we work closely with several. One is the APIBI, which is the Articulation of the Indigenous Peoples of Brazil. It's a movement, um, aggregated movement, um, that is um, that has an annual camp called um, the Free Earth, the Free Earth Camp. Um, they just had it in April where thousands of Indigenous people come and they get together and they have an assembly to decide their positions and they organize protests and confront different government uh, officials. And then uh, within APB, there are many other indigenous federations, for example, Koyabi, which is the indigenous organization of the Brazilian Amazon. So we also very much work closely with Koyabi, and Koyabi is um, made up of the indigenous nations that are only in the six Brazilian states that make up the Brazilian Amazon. We've worked very closely with the Munduruku, with the Kaipo, with the Boa, with um, uh, with many, many other um, communities and nations. And right now our work has been to help amplify um, the demands of the indigenous movement. So we are helping take the indigenous leaders from all of these states from all of the areas affected by soy and cattle, by dams, um, by Brazil's, uh, but, but whose territories are not being demarcated, who Brazilian governors and um, ruralist you know, agricultural parties are pushing, for example, ranchers to invade indigenous lands. They're actually openly saying things like, indigenous people have too much land. And huh, not right. making it. If, if they don't develop their land, we're going to go bankrupt. We have to go take their land. And so there's been literally armed invasion of indigenous territories by ranchers and farmers. And so the last week we worked with the Shikri and Kayapo and we amplified their message that they actually couldn't get the government to come out and the police didn't come out. So they had to organize their own, um, you know, community leaders and warriors to go confront the invaders and kick them out. And, of course, you know, there are instances of government that's trying to help them. But for the most part, the national government is not helping them. Are there movements of armed self-defense among the indigenous? Yeah, I mean, they all have. They've all had to set up indigenous guards. And, you know, they're they're not armed guards. They have maybe spears. Some might have rifles that they use for hunting. But they're mostly trained indigenous warriors who are... Basically, monitor getting, monitoring someone building illegal roads in their territory or burning fires. And in fact, three thousand five hundred of the fires you heard about happened on indigenous lands, and that right now twenty indigenous territories in Brazil is in the path of fires that are basically being affected directly by either the fires that are coming across to their borders or fires that are affecting their access, their ability, their health, their ability to even breathe or, or affecting their, um, you know, in some way directly affecting their health and, and well-being. I'm going to and interrupt so, you um, again. Uh, the voice you're hearing is Atosa Sultani. She's the founder and board president of Amazon Watch, served as the organization's first executive director for 18 years. Congratulations. 
Currently, Atosa is Director of Global Strategy for the Amazon Sacred Headquarters Initiative, working to protect one of the most biodiverse ecosystems on Earth in Ecuador and Peru. There's more. Um, you know, I'm a long-distance runner, obviously, so are you. Um, what keeps your fires going? It's a good question right now. I'm um, I'm seeing right now that a huge, as, as tragic as this is, I'm seeing the most unprecedented outpouring of offers of support from the international community. I'm seeing, you know, every day we're getting hundreds of people who want to go fight fires or organize protests or take on corporations. And we finally are at a stage of um, critical crisis of the ecological unraveling of the hydrological systems of the Amazon. But we're also, so the war is, as I said, in the short term. And we're also in this, you know, unprecedented global awareness and offer to help and political um, opportunity and the portal that has opened which governments in Europe and around the world that want to um, help the governments of Latin America protect the Amazon. And so, um, you know, to me, that's what I have to dedicate my life for. And it's it's like maybe seeing that my entire life was trained to be, you know, helping this moment and rising to the occasion at this moment. Well, and a couple of thoughts. I mean, one, again, I want to now repeat the action items, okay, for our listeners. Uh, let me just talk to you a little bit, listeners, uh, voices. Um, our concept of this show has always been to cultivate people that want to call almost every Tuesday at 3 to ask the fundamental question, what more can I do? Because to say what can I do, the odds are that if you're not doing anything, you'll continue to not do anything because the body at rest, you get it. But it's always the people who are already doing things, that, like ourselves, who want to find ways to do more. I'm very concerned about this, very in some way motivated, as you were saying, to learn. Uh, you know, it's a whole, you know, a whole new area that I do want to learn about. So I want to work more closely with Amazon Watch, learn about the Pachamama Alliance, uh, learn a lot about a lot of things. So we'll start by going uh, Thursday at 11 to the Brazilian consulate at 8484 Wilshire. The second thing is, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to, so I'll just say, for those who would like to, and I might be one of them, contribute to the, uh, I'm going to go on the site and look for Amazon Protectors Fund and figure out how to do that. Uh, I'm going to sign the Pledge of Resistance with Brazil's Indigenous Movement, which I believe is also on your site. Is that correct, Atosa? The pledge That's of, correct. Right. Uh, I'm going to join the Global Day of Action. I am uh, making people aware that they can donate to support Amazon Watch's responsive by going on the sites. Uh, there's also a press release. You, you'll see on Amazon.com, Dirty Dozen Companies. Um, very early in the game, but I'm very interested in thinking about uh, Costco because, you know, if you've got one company to have to divest, because that's what this is about, um, I think Costco is very vulnerable. I think that, uh, you know, this, I'm trying to remember the stock company, that uh, there's five banks and a, basically an investment company. 
I don't see oh, them as BlackRock. yeah BlackRock, which is a miserable, miserable company. They they specialize in uh, hostile takeovers and taking companies private and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think Costco is very vulnerable because it's it's uh, when, as an organizer, I always think about where can I have some leverage. Uh, Costco has done some very good things. What people have been fighting for fifteen, Costco's chosen to be a high wage employer, uh, contrary to Walmart, which under pressure from Costco has actually raised its uh, wages significantly, try to clean up its act. Costco, of course, is very consumer friendly by getting people to gorge on more products than you could possibly eat or use and get a uh, discount in doing so. They have something like 90 million members and that the Costco clubs are one of the key forms of their income, you know, like uh, Amazon. So the point is, I just, it's early, I'm not making any commitments, but I'm very interested in thinking through, as you were saying about the medium and long term, about getting somebody to break with the Brazilian economy on this, you know, because if one breaks, there's a lot of chance to, to pressure the others. And it would have great symbolism, right, if Costco said, all right, based on the attacks on the indigenous and on the uh, natural habitat, we're going to not uh, distribute Brazilian beef. What do you think? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just early. But yeah, I'm... absolutely. We, we need to put pressure on um, all the dirty dozen, and we invite people to write letters and organize additional actions and protests um, targeting these companies. And I think that the outpouring of... Um, concern is amazing and that needs to be directed directed to those who have the financial leverage to put pressure financial pressure if not on bolsonaro on other the wealthy and elite um you know class of brazil who could see that they're you know they have something at stake and they got to get you know they're out of step with the i would say the global public on this and um and what's really sad is, so yes, I totally agree. urge people to write to Costco and to, to actually, when you when next time you're there shopping, ask to speak to the manager and just let them know that you um, would like them to drop all, um, you know, all Amazon beef. Um, basically, this is the moment. I don't know. We can't, it's, if it's basically that cliche that this is the moment. It really is. No, it is the moment. It, it's fine. I mean, I'm, it's a moment that got me caught up. We're going to go to the phone with John for a minute. And, John, you have just one minute because I want to make sure that Atosa has a chance to sum up. Hey, John, thanks for waiting. You're on Voices from the Front Lines. Yeah, um, beyond the politics and the economics of it, um, and in a way related to it, um, the one thing we all can do personally to help alleviate this environmental disaster, amongst others, is to simply go vegan. And in L.A. in the 21st century, that is not really difficult to make a huge impact on this environmental issue. All right. Thanks for calling. I mean, I, I think there's got to be a lot more coherent uh, plan in going vegan. I mean, you have to, these are very powerful companies that are going and shooting indigenous people right now. But uh, that's why we have callers. So I, I guess the thing is, we have a few minutes left Let's figure out all the things, if everybody did everything you ever wanted them to do, let's walk it through. Back yeah, to you, so Atosa. I totally agree with John. I totally agree with John. We have to cut 
cut out completely or if we can significantly reduce our meat consumption. The, the cattle industry is super destructive. It's bad for our health, bad for the climate. It's a driving force in deforestation in both Bolivia and Brazil. It's the biggest cause of deforestation um, there. The other is that um, if you, you you must know in the Amazon, other parts of the Amazon where we're fighting oil companies, the um, something like um, 16% after after Saudi Arabia, Ecuador, and the Amazon rainforest provide the second source of crude imports to California. And so we as uh, we have to get off fossil fuels. We have to take our money out of companies and banks and mainstream banks that are funding the destruction of the uh, of the planet, including the Amazon, like BlackRock, but also most major banks are caught up in investing in short-term extractive industries, and we right. we got to move our money, and we've got to organize. We got to build our citizen global citizen movement to where we're taking on issues locally, um, like you know taking care of LA and our watersheds and our coral reefs and you know our 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 oceans, um, local wherever we live, and also to be exercising our solidarity muscles globally. Um, getting into the streets and demonstrating peacefully and being part of the pressure, and then electing officials, electing, fixing policy, politics. We've got to elect people who care about the future of the planet and aren't just looking at the short term. So there's much to do. It, right now, the big big issues are that we're working on these companies, this dirty dozen, pressuring them, working on pressuring um, the Brazilian government directly through media, um, you know, all that media campaign. And we're also working with communities on the ground to strengthen them and to help them be better um, equipped in this battle. Sounds good. I have a couple of things. I'm going to let our friend Nancy, you got one minute, Nancy, to tell us that you're going to the demonstration. This is Nancy. Hey, hey, can you hear me? We can always hear you, Nancy. Going, we're going to kick some ass. We're going to kick some capitalist ass. I hope that I can say that on the air. Yeah, um, it's an animal rights issue, yes. Well, definitely it's that, too. It's, <laughs> it's rights of all living beings, but we it, this has to be part of a larger struggle, and I'm glad the, you know, the indigenous people, they really understand this. And by the way, in Africa, there are also similar forest fires in the Congo and the rainforest there, and in southern Africa, also created by agribusiness. So we had to fight. You know, there's so much we have to fight. But, Thanks, Nancy. Uh, there at 11 o'clock at the Brazil Consulate. I'll see you there. You Thank always, you're amazing, Nancy. Thank you very much. You are always there. Uh, I'll make another offer. How many uh, minutes do we have, Ricky? Three. Uh, the, the Labor Community Strategy Center and our Strategy and Soul Movement Center would like to offer to host an event with, especially if there's a tour of indigenous people from the rainforest, but also with uh, Amazon Watch, to educate people more about this, to talk about maybe like an organizer's meeting, to talk about different ways after the day of action or ways we could help. Uh, We have ties to a lot of groups in the community that are uh, in black and Latino communities in particular, I think would be both sympathetic and, as Nancy said, this uh, hellacious uh, fires taking place in sub-Saharan Africa where the strategy center has been trying to get the U.S. to dramatically reduce its uh, uh, greenhouse gas emissions to 50% of 1990 levels by 2025. 
So there is a world falling apart, and there's a world of people trying to hold it together. Are there any indigenous groups that may be doing national tours that could work with you? Um, most likely, yes. We probably will have some indigenous peoples coming through this fall, um, and I'll be in touch with you about that. They're for sure doing a tour of the... Um, it's going to be in New York and also um, in San Francisco, so it's just a matter of getting them to L.A., all right. Well, you know that we'd really like to work. This is a serious offer, and, and give us enough uh, advance notice so we could do a really good job, and perhaps we could also, from that event, organize a specific action to call on one of the Dirty Dozen to do the right thing. Uh, okay, my friend, you get what we call the last word, or Channing is going to get the last word, but you get the next to last word. Any last words before we see you Thursday at 11? Yeah, this is the moment. Let's rise up. Let's work together. Let's be the Earth's defense mechanism, rising to defend the living body of this Earth that is, um, you know, a living system. So AmazonWatch.org slash Amazon Fires. There you can go and find out about the day of action. And if you have people in other cities, there's 35 actions happening simultaneously on the on the fifth. So other people that you know get them involved. And also, uh, you get a little closer to the phone, you're fading out. So sign the petition and make sure that you follow Amazon Watch on social media, on Facebook, on Twitter. Help us stay connected as a global community and grow in force and strength and effectiveness. All right, Ataza, thank you so much. We'll see you Thursday at 11. Jenny Martinez. You'll definitely see me Thursday at 11. Thanks for tuning in to Voices from the Frontlines. This is really great, and thanks, Tosa. You can find all of the links and everything that we talked about on our website at voicesfromthefrontlines.com, and we hope to see you Thursday. Thank you so much. And do like our podcast how do they like our podcast go to soundcloud.com slash voices from the front lines to check out our podcast like it leave a comment leave a, a rating everything you can do on soundcloud thank you Nia Simone thank you Ricky we appreciate your help to our friends in the rainforest and our friends in Amazon uh, we're on your side I've had a few, but then again.